Mesech's joint parak vav mishnah basement to parak vav mishnah hey. The focus of the sixth parak is the sorila zazel, the goat which was sent off the cliff in order to atone for the sins of the Jewish people. As we learned, there was a lottery. One goat was designated Lashem to be worn as a korban, whose blood was thrown on the parichas and into the kodesh hakadoshim on the mizbeach. As we learned in the previous parak. The focus of this parak is the second goat, the sorila zazel, which after throwing all of the blood of the sorila Shem. After that, the Kengodol would come next to the Sarah the goat which would be sent off the cliff. So he was standing by the eastern gate of the Beis HaMikdosh, the Alov, and he would lean his two hands on the head of the goat, and he would confess for all of the sins of the Jewish people, and he would say the following, Ono Hashem, please Hashem, Ovru Poshu Yisrael. Your people, the house of Israel, have sinned intentionally, have rebelled, have sinned unintentionally in front of you. Honor Bashem, please, with your name, with the name of Hashem that we are uttering, which represents Hashem's mercy. With this name, atone now for all of these different types of sins, which your people, the house of Israel, have sinned before you. As it is written in the Torah of Moshe, your servant, Lamer, saying, Because on this day, this day of Yom Kippur, he will atone for you in order to purify you from all of your sins. In front of Hashem, you will become purified. Now, when the Kengolo mentions Hashem's name in this Pasuk, there is a discussion as to which name he used. Some learn that he used the 42-letter name of Hashem, the only time during the year. And that would certainly explain the next part of the Mishnah, where we see everybody's response after the Kengolo mentioned this name. However, according to others, he mentioned the regular name of Hashem, the four-letter name, although possibly pronounced it slightly differently. The point is that when people heard the Kohen Godel mentioning Hashem's name on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, the Kohen name and the rest of the people who were standing in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdosh, when they heard the explicit name coming out of the mouth of the Kohen Godel, they would bend down and bow down and totally fall flat on their faces, bowing down totally flat, total humility and nullification of themselves towards Hashem on this holy day after the Kohen mentioned Hashem's name. The Omer and they say, Blessed is the name of the glory of his kingdom, of his kingship forever and ever. Mishnah Gimel, after performing the confession, the vidui, over this goat, this Sarah Mishtaleach, says the Mishnah is Sarah Mishtaleach, he would give over the goat to the one who is going to bring it to the cliff. The particular person who gained the merit and who got the job to transport the goat to the cliff and to throw it off the cliff, he would now take the goat and says the Mishnah, who exactly would do this? Anybody, any type of Jew, even if he's not a Kohen himself, he is allowed to bring the goat to the cliff. Even a Yisrael could have this job. Ella, however, the Kohenim Gedolim fixed that they fixed the rule they would not allow a Yisrael, a non-Kohen, to bring the goat. Just like all of the other services in the Beis HaMikdash, pretty much all of them. So too, in this case, they would make sure only a Kohen would perform this task. However, Omar Biyasi, Biyasi argues and he said that I've got proof that you're not correct. Because Maisav HaHilicha Arsala once occurred that a person called Arsala bought the goat, the Yisrael and he indeed was a Yisrael, he was not a Kohen. So we see that even a Yisrael would be able to bring that goat if he got the job. 
Mishadalad, the Chavesh Osuloi, they made a sort of ramp, more like a bridge, for this person who was bringing the goat. And this bridge would go from the Beis Hamikdash for quite a distance until he was relatively far from the Beis Hamikdash. And this way he would be standing on this raised platform, and people standing on the ground wouldn't be able to reach him. Now why was this important? Because Mnabavliim, because of certain Babylonians, who would pull on the this person's hair, this could mean literally, or it could be an exaggeration, that they would pressurize him a lot, the Umlen, they would say to him, take it and go out, take it and go out. Because sending this goat off the cliff would really be the source of the atonement for all of the sins of the Jews. So they were hurrying him up. They wanted him to perform his task already, so that they could be relieved of their sins. The Gemara explains that it could be they weren't necessarily Babylonians, it could be they were other people, but they called them Babylonians as an insult. The point is, because of this, he needed a ramp, some sort of raised platform or bridge, to sort of escape from these people. Well-respected men of Yerushalayim would accompany this person who was bringing the goat until they reached the first hut. Now what exactly is this hut? So Esra Sukkah is Yerushalayim v'adzuk. There were ten huts from Yerushalayim until the large rock, the cliff from which the Kohen would throw the goat. Tishim Ris, a distance of 90 Ris, and the mission explains that Shiva Mechzalachol Mil. There are seven and a half Ris in every mill, which means that 90 Ris is the equivalent of 12 mil. 12 times by seven and a half is 90, and 12 mil is the equivalent of 24,000 Amas, which is quite a distance. It's around eight, nine miles. So along this distance, there were 10 Sukkos. So in a distance of 12 mil, there were 10 Sukkos spread out with a distance of a mil in between each Sukkah, in between each hut. And there was a mil before the first hut, between the base of Mikdash and the first hut. And between the last hut and the actual cliff itself, there were two mil. So that's how he reached 12 mil, which is the equivalent of 24,000 Amas. So these huts were spread out equally. And Mishnah Hay tells us that at every hut which he reaches, the people there would say to him, Hari Mozain, here is food, Hari Mayim, here is water. Although it was a fast, and ideally it was forbidden for him to eat, there was water and food available for him if he became weak and needed to eat, so he would be able to when there was food and water available. People would accompany the person bringing the goat, they would accompany him from one hut to the next one. And at each hut, the people accompanying him would change. The reason being that Yom Kippur has the same laws as Shabbos, and just like on Shabbos it's forbidden to travel more than 2,000 Amas, that's known as the Tachum Shabbos, the limit of where one is allowed to travel on Shabbos. If he's not in a built-up area, for example, if he's in the desert bringing it towards a cliff, so it's forbidden to travel more than 2,000 Amas, which really explains why there was maximum a mil, which is 2,000 Amas, in between each hut because each person at the hut could only travel a maximum of 2,000 Amas and accompany this person to the next hut only. Now the person himself was bringing the goat, so he was allowed to travel all the way to the cliff. That was part of his rights and part of the mitzvah of taking the goat to the Sorel Azazel. But everybody else who wasn't part of that mitzvah itself, they would only be able to accompany him for a maximum of 2,000 Amas. Now he mentioned that between the last hut and the cliff itself, there was a distance of 2 mil, which is the equivalent of 4,000 Amas. Now, only the person bringing the goat himself 
is allowed to travel more than 2,000 Amas. So in this case, says the Mishnah, the regular people would accompany him from one hut to the next one, except for the last one, when it comes to those standing by the last hut, they would not reach all the way to the cliff, to the rock, with the person. Rather, they would travel with him for the first meal, or they would stand further away at the end of that 2,000 Amas, and they would see what he is doing from a distance of 2,000 Amas away. But as we explained, they would not be able to go all the way to the cliff. Now, the obvious question is, why didn't they just make another hut in between the last hut and the cliff, and have people stay there from the beginning of Yom Kippur, just like with all of the other huts, and then there would be people to accompany him all the way to the cliff? So the Mephoshim explained that the reason for this is because the Torah specifies that the person needs to take the goat to Eretz Gezeira, which refers to the desert somewhere, somewhere which is not inhabited at all, a desolate area. That is where the goat needs to be taken, that is where the cliff needs to be. And so if there would be people who are only 2,000 Amas away from that area, and who are allowed to travel there on Shabbos, it's no longer considered to be a desolate area. And because of that, they would make sure that the last hut would end 4,000 Amas away from the cliff, so that the cliff itself is considered to be in an Eretz Gezeira.